five, four, three, two, one. What to do, Pikachu? It's SideQuest Enthusiast, the gaming podcast about the quests we play to be who we are. I'm your host, Kyle V. Hiller, but you can call me Dr. Chillgood out here in these stages. And on this episode, I'm joined by the hip hoppiest, the no cap but all blue helmet, the dream master, master of dreams. Give it up for Raheem Megaran Jarbo. Quest these the lane enthusiast. Give it up for Megaran. How you doing, I'm great, man. That was an awesome introduction. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming through. It's a pleasure to have you. An honor, um, especially as a fellow Philadelphian. Um, hey. Really love your work um, and uh, your book, too. But before we get into all that good stuff, mm-hmm. let everybody know who you are and what you do. Well, I'm a musician, former teacher, um, author, DJ in training uh twitch streamer um teacher rapper hero is, is what i call myself but i teacher like to think of myself like as just a uh, an entertainer and an inspiration hopefully that's all do you feel like it's hard to kind of corral all that into just trying to explain to people like who you are and stuff because i feel like you do everything yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so it's like that now they've come up with these new terms like content creator which I guess yeah. kind of encompasses what I do, but mm. it is it is a lot. So when when someone says, "Hey, what do you do?" It's like mm, I guess I could just say I, I entertain, or you know, primarily <clears throat> I think what you do is not just what pays the bills, but also the thing that you give the most time and passion to. You mm. know, so in that case, it is music for me for sure. It's my first love. So. Um, so yeah, I'm a musician, but I, I think that I'm also an overall entertainer. Entertainer, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's really dope though. When you have so many different skills, but like they inform the one core thing too. Um, so I kind of want to talk about that, and I, I want to talk about um, what you got going on with your book and everything. But um, I like to do a little segment called Level One, and in this segment, we take it all the way back to level one, stage one, sort of kind of here in this situation. Um, but yeah, I dug through the interwebs to find one of the first things you put out there in the world. And here we'll talk about what that was, what was going through your mind, what the process was like, especially focusing on the what and why, just in case there's people out there listening who might want to do what it is that you might be doing. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to lift um, some lyrics from the song episode three, A New Day, which is the first song on Forever Famicom. For everybody mm-hmm. listening, I hope you are prepared to be embarrassed if somebody reads your own lyrics, Mega Ram. Um, <laughs> is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is he insane? Probably. All the above, all the scrubs and gamers right beside he. What do you know? What did he do? Come back to the lane where he gained his most fame by rapping about them games. He was ready to quit. The first was a one-shot deal, and the big wigs got word of the style and the skill. Now, everywhere he go, people ask him the same exact question. When are you going to do some more gamer rap? <laughs> and that first track and that album, which is still probably my favorite Mega Ran album, is filled with 
just so much emotion. And it feels like this, this first song is like the tension building up for the bottle to explode later on in the album. <laughs> and I know in your book, you talked about just how emotional this whole recording process was and just how long it took and what you were talking about in it. Um, run us through that, just what that process was, not only just writing episode three, but just like writing the first songs for the album too. Like what was going on through your mind in your life at that time? Wow. So we started this record in late 2008. Um, I tell the story about how I met K Murdoch on MySpace. He was um, an accomplished producer, but also a radio personality on uh, like Sirius satellite radio. And I didn't realize he was the same person who was doing both. And so I saw him on MySpace asking for music submissions and sent him some stuff. <clears throat> and um, I sent him the call and I sent him Mega Ran. And he was blown away by seeing a black Mega Man character on the front of the album. And he was just like, what is this? So that made him dig in. And he he said he had already had an idea for Forever Famicom to happen, but it was just going to be an instrumental project. Just mm -hmm. a bunch of like game beat flips. And um, it's funny because a lot of great producers have done stuff like that. Uh, there's DiBiase, right. there's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Mad Lib yeah. and other folks who have done great themed instrumental projects. Um, <clears throat> so his is going to be about video games. And um, so episode three was the last song written for the project because we mm -hmm. were all the way done the album. And I realized there were no Mega Man references or samples <laughs> wow. in the album. And I was like, this is kind of sacrilegious. People are going to expect Mega Man from me. And if we're going to do it, it's got to be the intro. You know, so that's where we did. We went back and <clears throat> I had to have a way to tie up the entire album, you know, to be like, how do we get here? So that's why it's episode three. It's my third album. Um, and it's like the new beginning. And um, I always liked, you know, I'm a big fan of the roots and Right. Some a lot of uh, artists like the Roots will put kind of secret references to previous things that you know if you know, but if you don't, you just don't and you enjoy it. So like they have a song called "Love of My Life" and it's called Act Two, and I'm like, why is mm. it called Act Two when this is the first I've heard of this? You know, but <laughs> right. they had a song that they used to perform on stage, which was Act One, but they never released it. So it's like if you know, you know. So episode right. three is like, wait, this is a lot of people's first time hearing me. So it's like, how is the first song called episode three? You know, so it was just one of those tie-ins to the previous. So basically the whole song is about me making this weird adjustment and transition into video game based hip hop and and it actually working out. Like people thinking it was, you know, like Mega Ran was a, a one shot deal. You know, I was just going to do it one time and be done. And then people all over the world were like, what, when are you going to do more? What else? What other games are you going to do? Like, this is this is like, I didn't know I needed this. And I think I saw a lot of journalists saying that. Like, this is the crossover you didn't know you needed, right. you know, with video games and hip hop. And uh, so I realized, man, like, maybe we got something. And, uh, and I can't leave those folks hanging, the folks who are into video games and hip hop. So that's where episode three came from. And um I'm very, very proud of that song because it was literally the last thing created and it almost didn't happen. And uh, right. and then those are the special kind of moments. So I'm glad you pulled that one out because <laughs> it's one that I, I don't get to talk about a whole lot, but I'm super proud of it. 
Yeah, you can. F- there's something that's really special about Forever Famicom, especially that first song. I, I, there's some albums that you you can feel what the artist is going through, even though you don't really know what they're going through. And I mean, you definitely explicitly say some of the things that you're going through in this, but like, the, you can tell that that song had so much momentum going into it. But it, like, I I was I could tell that it wasn't the first song you wrote. But I was wondering if it was because it just feels like, you know, when you were writing your memoir, I'd imagine you probably wrote some of the first things last. That's kind of how writing goes. Um, yeah. So later on in the album, we have Dream Master, which is what you use as, you know, the name of your new book, um, which is available in stores everywhere. Um, talk about that song, too, because I feel like that one has a lot that you talk about in that first chapter of the book and just like, or, or in the prologue and just all that stuff that just kind of happened to you as a kid and all that other stuff, but also just you kind of getting through all of it. Um, what was it like writing something that was so personal? Man, I was tough. Um, one of the toughest songs I've had to write. Um, and ironically, it was the only song I wrote in person with Kay Murdoch. You know, the rest of it was just us trading files, but mm. I was home on a Christmas break and took my mom's car and drove from Philly down to DC and hung out with Murdoch for a day and then drove the car back late that night. And, uh, and that was the, the one track we did. He, he worked on the beat there in front of me. And then I just sat on the floor in his studio and just wrote it. And, uh, and he would step out, you know, go get food, go hang out with family. And he's like, you need anything? I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. And, and I was in there like wiping tears away as I'm writing it because was some of the most personal stuff that I had never shared. And, um, you know, the thing about hip hoppers, you know, we write so personally because we don't have journals. So music becomes our journal, our therapist, our, you know, uh, advisor, you know, so it's like, let's right. put it all into there. And, uh, and that becomes very therapeutic. So I was able to flush out some of those stories in the book. But yeah, those those like kind of heart wrenching stories of growing up and you know being treated differently because you were a little different and real and thinking thinking something's wrong with you because you're just weird, you know, and then mm-hmm. learning twenty thirty years later that man, you know, I'm not that different, and right. even if I am, it's not so bad, you know. And uh, it took me so many years to learn that because at those times when you're a teenager, like your peer groups are everything and peer acceptance is everything. So there's no other way to be considered cool rather than your peers thinking you're cool. So it's, um, so yeah, it was a journey, but it's a journey that I honestly wouldn't change because it made me who I am today. And, uh, the same people, you know, my mom included, who said, oh, these video games aren't going to get you anywhere. You're wasting time. What are you doing? You're going to get sued. Why are you messing with this stuff? You know, and uh, and now like it's it's the thing that I'm known for. So it's just amazing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that song was a story that had to be told, you know, and I'm just right. glad that I eventually I had the courage to do it. And it was that track and that game, you know, that inspired it to come out that, the way it did. Hmm. So with the book, I'm pretty sure you didn't wake up one morning and was like, I'm going to write a memoir. How did that come about? Because there's so much in this book. There's so many stories to tell. I can't fathom how difficult it must be to write a book like this. Just not even from uh, gathering all the memories and facts and shit, but also just 
what you felt about it and being vulnerable with it. Um, can you talk about that a little bit as far as just what that process was and how you even got the idea in the first place to write it? Mm. Yeah, it was actually Murdoch. We were on tour and every show I wind up telling a story on stage, like something. And I used to do that when I was a teacher too. Like everything would remind me of a story. I'm like, oh, that mm. was this one time when, you know, and that reminds me of this time when I did this and I start telling a story and Murdoch after the show was like, man, you're such a great storyteller. Like you, you should really write these things down. And so initially it was just going to be like little anecdotes, you know, less uh, a story and, and what I learned from it, you know, and the next chapter would be another story and what I learned from it. And it was just going to be these collections of short stories. And then I realized that I think I could inspire by actually just telling my story. So mm. I was kind of writing two books at once. I was just writing short stories and then I was writing out my past and what got me here. And, um, and I thought, you know what, I can kind of combine this and, uh, and just do one at a time instead of just working on two different books for five years, I could just get one book done. And uh, so I just really started focusing. And I think the, pandemic and the time being home quarantining helped a lot. Like I would not have gotten this done if it weren't for that, because I, right. I normally tour like crazy. There's, there's hundreds of days a year where I'm on tour. Okay. So if not for the time at home, I wouldn't get it done. It was like, all right, I got to hunker down. Let's get this thing done. So mm -hmm. I started writing a chapter a week and then it was, you know, two chapters a week just really, really working and, and carving out time to get it done. And super proud of how it came out. But yeah, it just, it took, it took forever. You know, this has probably been mm -hmm. five, six, seven years in, in the making. Like I look wow. back at old like tweets where I was like, hey guys, I'm about to write a book. I'm just saying it here so that I can, you know, you can hold me accountable, ask me right, about right. it, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, it's like five, six years ago, tweets like that. So. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very happy that it came out the way it was supposed to, but I actually didn't trust myself. You know, I've been writing raps for a long time, but I never written a book. So I didn't trust my process. So I hired an editor and then they said it was great, but what did I do? I hired another editor because <laughs> I just didn't, I wasn't sure. I was like, eh, you would tell me it's great. I want to, I want to get a second opinion. You know, I, just growing up, I, you know, as a writer, I was an um, English major and we're always taught that your first draft is usually garbage. You know, like it's yeah. you got to keep going like the first draft, the first rhyme I write is not usually the one you hear. So uh, I never trust the first draft. So they gave me a, some minor feedback and I was like, eh, I was really expecting you to tear this apart. So. I'm going to get another editor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they said the same. They were like, you're a great writer, you know? And I guess I already thought that, but I didn't really believe it, you know? Like, right. I don't know. I didn't fully trust myself. There's some parts of, of the creative process that I don't trust myself doing. Uh, making beats is one and, uh, and writing like words, like a book style or as another. Like, I don't know that I can be objective, you know, like, right. I make my own beat and I'm like, uh, is that good or is that bad? You know, like, cause I made it and I can't tell. So I have right. to ask other people. 
And when other people want want to rap on the beat, then I'd be like, oh, no, it's taken. Sorry. And then I just use it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a hard thing, you know, especially because having it be a, such a different format. But in really reality, it's not. I mean, I feel like me as a writer, I feel like I learned so much about writing from video games and hip hop, playing Legend of Zelda and listening to most Def and Talib Kweli back in the day. That's how I learned how to write, really. Um, so, like, in this process, though, now that you you can write any book you want now, basically, what did you learn about you through this process? Because you talk about a lot of stuff mm. that just kind of happened around you and all that other stuff. But it, you as an artist, you as a person, um, it's a beautiful thing to have a memoir written. But what did you learn about you that you didn't know before you went on this journey? Well... I didn't know that I was still carrying a lot of trauma from some of these stories and things that I had uh, told. And I didn't realize it until I was writing them out. And, um, you know, that that really helped a lot. Just seeing these things written down, I was like, oh, wow. And then making connections to, okay, years later, this is why you still feel this way about these things. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. my relationship with my dad, you know, writing that stuff out helped me to understand that a little better. Um, yeah, there, there's some traumatic moments that are written about in this, and I just had never fully grasped them, or at least their importance in my life until I wrote it down, which was very interesting, you know, because these memories have been sitting in the back of my head my whole life, never told anybody, never talked about them, didn't think about them, but yet they were still there, very clear. And when I started remembering them and writing about them, the feelings came back. And that's when I realized like, oh snap, that's that's why I react to this this way. You know, yeah. that's why I feel this way when this happens, you know. So it was it was deep, man. I, I learned so much about myself, you know, because I'm such a kind of happy go lucky guy. Right. Like, I don't let anything hold me down. I don't let anything keep me sad or anything like that. Um, any day above ground is a great one for me. I'm always super positive. And, um, but yeah, I didn't realize that I had a bunch of negative trauma just kind of attached to me that I may have been, you know, inadvertently taking out on other people or just showing in my personality, you know? And so it was a really, really therapeutic process to be able to write these things out and it, and understand fully what they were, you know? Right. Did that make it harder for you to actually write these things out knowing that it was going to get published? Was there any, I don't know, pushback inside going on in your head that said, no, we probably shouldn't talk about this. Was there anything like that? Oh yeah. I was, I was scared to death. I was like, oh man, my mom's going to read this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My family's going to read this. Like my mom specifically told me to leave her out of the book. Now, that's not really possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. So, you know, she's like, no, no, don't mention me at all. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Like, um, I didn't have a mom. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, mom was here and the end, you know. Uh, so I was trying to be very delicate with things I would say because I didn't want to embarrass anyone else. You know, um, my author told me, you know, changing names and things like that were a good idea. And so I did. I changed, I think I changed everyone's name. Um, there's a few that aren't, but, you know, whatever. 
Um, but nothing like super, you know, incriminating or anything like that. But um, I was, I was very nervous about telling these stories because I'm a very hands-on kind of face-to-face, you know, people person. So when I hang out at shows, we're talking at the merch table, we're, you know, hanging out outside before shows, after shows, going to dinner sometimes with friends and, you know, sometimes fans. And I don't necessarily want these things to just come up over over some pancakes, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so, uh, man, that babysitter, eh? You know, it's like, oh, jeez, <laughs> right. man. Like, I don't want to talk about this. You know, so there's, there's that where I, I get really nervous that and it hasn't happened because we haven't been outside, but mm-hmm. I'm very nervous about that kind of thing happening where people are going to start <laughs> bringing up these traumatic moments in public and I'm going to have to talk about them again. And I, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> no, no, I would wish that on anybody, but mm-hmm. I have to check in and see your mom has not disowned you. Right. Since she's read the book. No, she has not. Um, okay. She told me she she said it was she she liked it, but she was like, "Oh, I wish you wouldn't have said this much about me." Or um, sometimes, if you don't know things, just don't say it. And I'm like, "Well, I think <laughs> I wanted to say that I didn't know to make that important, you know, distinction." You know, mm-hmm. she's like, "Well, just don't." Yeah, I don't know. Like saying you don't know things, I guess, implies that she didn't tell me or she wasn't honest about things. You know. So she's worried about how she would look, but she she has not disowned me. In fact, right. I'm going to hang out with her today. Nice. All right, that's good to hear. All right, then. She, um, she needs a, she needs a chauffeur. Who's gonna she, Who's, <laughs> who's gonna, I feel that. I feel who's gonna that. take her to the to the market? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so with the book being out and just you know the hundreds of tracks you got out and stuff like that, and you've been at this for a minute. Um. What's something you want aspiring creative, writerly, musically nerds, especially the black ones, to take away from your journey? Like, what's something that you would, if somebody came up to you right now and was like, Mega Ran, I want to do what you do, what would you mm. tell them? Well, I say just don't be afraid because I spent a lot of my time being afraid, afraid of what people would think, afraid of what you know, people would say that I loved or respected or was a fan of. Um, and you got to do it your own way, man. And so I I find that their journey isn't my journey, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so that was that, that realization is what changed my life for the better. It was just like, you know, I'm really, I'm literally being true to myself. I'm not stretching outside of who I am to do this. I'm doing things that I love, you know, and no one's making me do it. So it's a it's an awesome feeling to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And right. so that's really what I've been uh experiencing is just like that this this sense of freedom that that I I want everyone to be able to experience that creates, you know. Yeah. Like I want I want everyone to know how how dope it feels to just be yourself and not have to hide and not have to cover things up. I mean, back in the day, you know, I had to sneak it and, you know, sneak comic books onto the school bus to read them and right. video game magazines and things because I was afraid that somebody else would beat me up just because I was into nerdy things, you know. So being true to who you are, it's so rewarding, you know, and it's so much fun. And at the end of the day, like it, it's tough in the beginning, 
but at the, by the end, it's just, it's an amazing feeling. Right. And so I say like, it's worth fighting the fight. And today's kids, I think are getting a lot easier because yeah, they're sure. able to be who they want to be. Like, right. It was our generation that was so gatekeepy and bullies and, and weird about things like that. But these kids today are, are light years ahead of us. They're just like yeah. free in so many ways that we wish we could have been in our day. One of the smartest in the world, amazing advancements within the fields of robotics. Money was no object, but he never felt the need to make a profit with projects. Had a best friend, Dr. Light, they could have changed the world if they stayed together. Friendly competition during the bitter rivalry, and one day it changed forever. While he felt he'd done enough, but no matter how good he was, he was always runner-up. Got sick of second place, felt like it was Wiley's turn to start coming up. The school held a contest, the show of technology and chart our progress. Wally and Light collaborated, but liked all the accolades, wild press, I guess. Wally had enough of that, started acting up, so we packed the stuff, and though his act was tough, we weren't buying it. This is how he became a mad scientist. Mike went some, but he just lost one. Light kept building, awards got one. A table for one, just not fun, so he built the robot to call his son. Rock, named for his love for music. Lab assistant, who fetched um, Alright, so, in our next segment here, you stumbled across a rare candy. And your inner Pokemon, Mega Randomon, is about to evolve, and it only needs one more level to do so. And your inner trainer, Blue, we'll call him because Mega Ran, uh, says it's time for you to use the rare candy to evolve, and when you do, you're going to learn a new move. In the game of life, what new move would you like to learn? Mm. Think outside the box as much as you'd like. The new move. Okay. Um... I don't know if this is a move per se, but it's definitely a, a, a new thing I want to jump into. It would be voice acting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's I a new skill. Yeah. I'd like to move into voice acting for sure. Like that's something, you know, from going to conventions and being guests and like hanging out with so many voice actors, like it definitely feels like, you know, the more I talk to them about it, they're like, man, I got, it just seems like something that I would really enjoy and be kind of good at. Just got to get my way in somehow. Yeah, I feel that. Um, what show or game or movie, what would you want to voice act in? Oh, man, the uh, the Castlevania series, for sure. Ooh, good choice, <laughs> good choice. Uh, yeah, I can see that. We need to make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, now that you learned this new move of voice acting, that means that you don't have any slots left, so you gotta forget a move, because that's how the game of life works. So, in the game of life, what old move would you like to forget? Uh, Okay, if I had to forget an old move? Hmm. Wow. This is a good question. This one okay. always gets everybody. <laughs> ah, man, I wouldn't want to forget anything. But, um, you know, this is a tough one. But I, I would say because I feel like I've hit like a mastery level at it. And I maybe have hit the highest mountain that, it, that could, I could hit. I would be okay with forgetting the video game rap skill. Whoa. Because then 
I can move forward. Like we've we've we have a great catalog of those things. I've got a Guinness World Record for it. Like sure I do. think it would be time to move on from that. Wow. So I'd be okay with forgetting it. <laughs> that's not what I expected. But I mean, it's big. That's 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 big. That's, that's big yeah. But and you know, maybe not forever. Maybe if there was some other evolution, I could bring it back at some point and move another right. skill. But yeah, I think you know that's a that's a tough one that to to realize but yeah i feel like i've i feel like i've hit a mastery level at this like i know how to do it very well i've done it for a long time of yeah i think i'd be willing to set it down no yeah i get that cuz you're leaving room for opportunity for something else and especially since you've already mastered that thing you know how to master something so now it's time to move on to the next thing you want to you want to keep evolving. That's the kind of old point. So I get Absolutely. that. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Mega Ran play the speed run and find out what the DLC of his life is. BRB, y'all. First of all, when I open up my mouth, I shut it down Until the light is overhead and darkness all around All encompassing, I'm functioning, I'm summoning dungeons of cunning creatures Until I got to run and they run and I'm hunting The rapping avalanche, I cast quickly I pass cats like sands through hourglasses sickly From ash I rise, I hack and slash, surprise Phoenix down and is the only option unless you stop it I'll give you round of applause if you gather up all of your guards So I ain't got to work that hard, I got gall, I run up and slaughter them all It don't really matter who you gon' call, call them all and run up and slaughter them all Bet it's gonna get crazy Crazy, amazing, blazing, I'm major. When you see that Zelda emblem hang around my neck, I end them, suspend them, I blend them. My Final Fantasy is never ending. My life's dream is just to overdose on life stream. I'm frightening when I'm wielding the mic, it's like I'm lightning. Meteor approaching fast, casting holy hope at last. Take off in a rocket, hold on before we crash. It'll be your final fantasy if you mess with the family. We ain't praying no amnesty. Meteor approaching fast, casting holy hope at last. Take off in a rocket, hold on before we crash. It'll be your final fantasy if you mess with the family. We ain't praying no amnesty. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And as you know, it is time for a speed run. And in this segment, we'll speed run through a handful of classic gamer-friendly questions in one minute. I think this is a good way for people to kind of get to know you a little bit better. And uh, it really lets us know just how self-aware you are. And hmm. that's always fun. So, are you ready? Ready. All right. Starting the clock. And first question. What is your third favorite game of all time? Third favorite game? Okay. Um, Super Mario World. Super Nintendo. Okay. What is the last game you played? Fall Guys. Mm, nice. What was your second game console? The Nintendo Entertainment System. What is the best Mega Man spinoff game, and why is it Mega Man Soccer? <laughs> I, I might have gotten to Mega Man Soccer eventually. Um, I played it very late in this in this in the system's life, and uh, I couldn't get into it. But yeah, yeah I, I do want to get back into it and try to play it again. But I was not feeling it when I tried to play it. Ah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is a game that you've always wanted to play? But haven't gotten around to. Um, always wanted to play Assassin's Creed. I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. 
Okay, awesome. What is a game that you really wanted to play, got to play, and was disappointed by? Um, Portal. I think I was just a little late to the Portal of Madness, and so it did not move me like I thought it would. Fair enough. In a real-world RPG, what would be your best stat? Charisma. Mm, nice. Who was best waifu? Tifa, Eris, or Jesse? Mm, I think I liked Eris. Okay. All right. What game are you looking forward to the most at least this year? Well, I'm really looking for the forward to the FF7 DLC with Jesse and stuff. Okay. So then, what was your game of the year last year? It didn't have to come out in 2020. Uh, Spider-Man, Malcolm Morales. And the Moneyball trivia question worth two points. What year did Mega Man 3 originally release? Uh, 1990? 1990 is correct. It is correct. And since you got that one correct and time is out, but I'm still going to give you the super bonus mega question. Fill in the blank. Blank Philly is best Philly. Uh... North Philly. North Philly? Okay, okay. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, all right, so you ended up with a score of 16. So on a level, on a score of one to self-aware, you are a 16. Congratulations. Thanks, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Um, self-awareness is great, everybody. Um, <laughs> all right, so before we wrap up the show, uh, we have to know what the side quests slash DLC of your life is and how this works. The inner game publisher in your life sees that you are on fire, which you are, and they want to make a DLC for the people to play. And this DLC is a way to define a side of you that people may see as obvious about you or could be something you don't get to share that often, but it's still you. What is the name of the DLC of your life? Wow. Uh... good one the dlc of my life would be named uh, i think it would be named survival mode survival mode okay <laughs> why survival mode well i think that a good addition bonus portion of my life would be someone trying to do everything that i do and still manage to have a <laughs> social life, and that's survival mode. Uh, okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand how people like you are able to do the things that you do and still balance everything else. That is remarkable. So shout outs to you for doing well, the it's, damn thing. It's impossible. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, I can imagine. Um, all right, before we go. Any final thoughts before we peace out? Yeah, I want to say this is um, one of the coolest interviews I've ever done, man. I, I really <laughs> like you. the themes. I like your, your preparation. I like your questions. Thank you. And uh, it was fun. It wasn't just like, how'd you get started? What, what's your favorite game? Yeah. No. Uh, you know. So this was a, a welcome bonus, uh, you know, diversion from the the usual interview. So um, awesome. I want to say that. Also, right, not sure it. when this is going to come out, but uh, we have, we're in the midst of a vinyl campaign for Maverick Hunters, the album with myself right. and Novelist. 
Mm-hmm. Ends, um, I think it ends June 9th, June 6th, something like that. Uh, so it's your last chance to get vinyl. If you don't get it during that time, you don't make that pledge, you won't get it. So please don't sleep. Uh, the new album is out now. It's great. There's a new video coming probably very soon uh, for nice. a song called Dear Summer and um, a lyric video for Clash of the Titans. And then after that, I have so much more music and projects that I'm working on for the rest of this year that I'm super excited to bring to you. Awesome. Uh, can't wait to hear it all. Um, I actually don't know myself when this episode is going to come out, but hopefully we can get this episode out there and give it a little boost. Um, I definitely will be making a pledge myself. Um, so yeah, shout outs to that. Um, again, Mega Man, thank you so much. And I don't think you dropped uh, any of your socials or anything like that. So where can people find you on the interwebs? Ah, yes. Megaran.com uh, at Megaran on Twitter at Megaran on Twitch, as well as on Instagram. It looks like Meg Ryan when you look at it real quickly. Real close. <laughs> it does. But it's not. You're like, oh, I thought it said Meg Ryan. No, no, no. Meg Ryan ain't got skills like this. No, um, not at all. But... Uh, Yes, so you can just just throw the Mega Rand symbol somewhere into the into the air into your Google machine, and uh, and I'll pop up for you. So MegaRandMerch.com will give you merch, and MegaRandMusic.com will give you music. Awesome! All right, everybody, make sure you go show Mega Rand some love out there doing this thing. As for us, you can follow SideQuest Enthusiasts on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at SQEcast. Episodes of the podcast are live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube every other Friday. Peep game on our website as well, SideQuestEnthusiasts.com or SQEcast if you don't feel like typing all that out. Support SideQuest Enthusiasts with a one-time donation on Ko-Fi.com slash SQEcast. That's K-O-F-I.com slash SQEcast. Every dollar goes a long way to keeping this show alive and elevating voices in the gaming space, especially in the name of diversity, inclusion, and the moon if you can't give share this episode with your loved ones and or on social media and leave a review on apple podcasts raheem may the goddess smile upon you and listener remember say thank you in advance for what's already yours pork chop on the beat and we're out see you next time peace come to me dark warrior